everyone. Good morning. This is Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, and we have an amazing show. You're going to love hearing the Nachum Siegel Network because today is a very special show. We are all about all the food all the time right here on Table for Two. I love food. I love shopping for food, cooking for food, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I run kosher chop competitions. I have a Pesach cookbook. Pesach is really soon, people. Um, So grab your copy of Perfect for Pesach on sale right now at Amazon or your local Judaica stores. Um, But anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call, and I hope that you'll tune in each week and hear from my amazing, exciting guests and sharing of great recipes, great recipe ideas. Um, but I want to hear about your experiences too. So email me, naomiatnachamsegal.com. Thank you so much always for everyone who tunes in and listens. Follow us on Instagram, the Nacham Siegel Network. Guys, we have so much going on on the network all the time. You want to stay updated. Yoni Pollock is doing an amazing job. Shout out to you, Yoni, for doing an amazing job now with Instagram and Facebook. So really, you know, we are moving into new platforms all the time. And I think it's really a, a great move for everyone. I just want to give a huge shout out to Basil uh, in Crown Heights. They have rebranded themselves. They have done an incredible job. I had not been there in many years. They have same owners and he could see a need for change. He got a new hashkacha. He got new chefs. He brought in a whole team from Israel and it was a fabulous meal. I went with a shout out. Shout out to my friend Rifka Boym, who was my plus one at a tasting there a week or so ago. And I met all the chefs, if you saw it on my Instagram page. But really, it's, you know, Crown Heights is the destination restaurant uh, neighborhood to visit if you are in the, anywhere in the drivable neighborhood. And I mean, two, two hour drive uh, and around uh, in all directions. Um, okay, so we have, as I said, a great lineup because I always love when Naftali Hanau comes in on the show. But he bought a special guest. Anna is is here, his wife. So we are having going to have a cooking time, a cooking session right here. And I'm 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 going to say this is part two of the farm to table movement segments because last week we had kosher catch on. We had an incredible time eating raw fish, cooked fish in lime juice, uh, aka ceviche and, and citruses, and we had an incredible show with Gabriel Geller. KFWE is coming up. Make sure you get your tickets. I'm just thinking by the time this airs, yeah, there'll still be uh, KFWE lineup. Um, and we had some great wines and we had a great time learning about Kosher Catch. So um, more information, koshercatch.net. But we we tied the two in together and we gave on the show lots of shout outs to the Hanals who were coming in for this week's show. So it's so lucky that the timing worked back to back. So we're going to have two last week's show and this week's show all about fresh food and sustainable food, and we're going to be talking to the house in a couple of minutes. So another tie into great healthy cooking um, is I have on the phone with me two lovely ladies. We're going to interview each one at a time. They they did a collaboration. Yvette Waldenberg is the Weezo chairperson for the Yachad Group who put together a cookbook with Gail Farkas, and we're going to talk to them each one. The cookbook is called Health Giving Cookbook. It is a um, hundred anti-inflammatory recipes. We're going to find out what all that means. And we have a beautiful book. They sent me a copy. I actually met them randomly when I was in Miami for a chop competition and did a food crawl once again for kosher.com. And I met them in Harbour Grill Bistro uh, with David Benray and um, these lovely ladies uh this lovely lady uh, came over to me and introduced herself and she goes I had I did a partnership with a cookbook and next thing I know I get one in my in my mail and I'm very excited to uh I was very excited to get it um and I it's right up my alley so um welcome Yvette thank you thank you very much hello everyone and thank you for having us here Oh, I'm so excited. We're very happy that you like the book. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. This is like right up my alley. So d- tell us how what you do for Wheatso and what Wheatso is. Okay. I am the chair of the Wheatso Yahad group. And Wheatso has a lot of chapters. That Each chapter has different projects. So Wheatso has uh, different projects in Israel, including 
child care centers, schools for at-risk youth, shelters for battered women, homes for girls in distress, and programs providing services for the elderly in Israel. Very At nice. every age, Wisson nourishes the body, comforts the soul, educates, and mind empowers the individual. So uh, with, the, all the, with this book, all the proceeds will go to Wisos Nahal Yehuda School and Youth Village and will help a lot of children Beautiful, in Israel. beautiful. Now what does Yahad mean, Yahad group? Yahad means together. Okay, beautiful. And we are a group of, of, of ladies working with the same purpose okay, to help so, Israel. So just to make the difference between the Yahad, which is the special needs uh, organization run through the OU. So this is uh, a different group. Um, it's Yahad means together, as we said. So their chapter is called the Yahad group right there. Uh, you're actually, by the way, we didn't mention that you're in Miami, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Now I hear an accent. Yes. I, I am originally from Mexico and cool. I moved to Miami almost eight years ago. Okay. Very nice. So, and uh, Yes. Okay, what kind of kosher food do we have in Mexico? Where in Mexico? I am originally from Mexico City. Okay, there's a but big, I, eh? there's a big community there, right? Yes, there's a big community, and you can find a lot of kosher restaurants. You have a, a lot of synagogues. You have everything, everything about Jewish life. I love it. I love it. And you, how how are you enjoying Miami? Very nice. Like really, you can. It it has a big Jewish life. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, synagogues. There's Jewish schools. My kids go to a Jewish school, and I am very happy because it's easy to be Jewish here. Yeah, they're very lucky down there and in Miami, like and in a, and across the US. Very nice, very nice. Okay, so yeah. how did you partner with Susan Farkas? How did that come together? We were very lucky. Because Susan came to Wiso with her finished written book and including beautiful pictures in it. So our job was giving shape to the book by coordinating the project, the graphic design, layout, the text review, and printing, and now the promotion and sale. Okay. So, okay, great. It has lovely pictures, has a lot of facts. Now, we, we call this a plant-based diet and fish, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. So, okay, great. Um, Susan, are you there? Yes, I will leave you with Susan. Okay, thank great. You. Yvette, thank you so much. She's passing the phone. They're, they are actually together. We thought we might be able to have them on speaker, but the sound wasn't so clear. So we're going to pass the phone from one to the other right there. Hello, Susan. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Where are you from? Am I hearing another accent? Uh, oh, yes, you are. I'm from Colombia. Colombia? Yes. <laughs> it's but I left Colombia 22 years ago. Okay. Uh, I moved to Australia, then seven years in Israel. I did Chinese medicine in Israel and herbology and then moved to Miami. Okay, Miami's amazing, so, yeah. right? Tell me what the, what's it the weather amazing. like now. Tell me, make me a little jealous. Absolutely gorgeous, blue sky. Uh, temperature is just perfect, 73, uh, sunny and beautiful. So, yes, I'm we're crying. very lucky. I'm crying. <laughs> it is yeah. very lucky, yes. Okay. So talk to me, talk to me why you, you needed to write this book because it's, it's so different from any other kosher cookbook that you see. Okay, good. <laughs> I like different. So my background is in traditional Chinese medicine. I work, uh, I work with a lot of doctors, good, good doctors here in Miami. And my role is to teach people how to eat and to make food your medicine. And so with my background in Chinese medicine, that's just part of Chinese medicine. You are what you eat. Part of the, uh, you know, when I did my internship in China, it was incredible to me to see that each patient will have their own menu their own recipes according to the disease. And so there I really truly learned the power of food. And um, I love cooking. I love food. And, um, yes, yeah, so little by little I started creating these recipes 
where everyone has an intention. Everyone brings a, a healing power to it. And um, so, so I work under the umbrella of inflammation. So when you said the 100 anti-inflammatory recipes, it's because with uh, these recipes, you can actually lower inflammation. Inflammation and where? Inflammation, in your stomach? In your mm-hmm. stomach? So no, no, it's systemic inflammation. So the most, the, the chronic diseases, the modern chronic diseases, they have this thing in common, which is elevated markers of inflammation from diabetes to cardiovascular disease to dementia, most, uh, some types of cancers. They all have in common, in common inflammation high numbers of inflammation in your blood, in your system. It's systemic inflammation. And so when you lower those, it's the best way to prevent disease and to treat disease. And so makes the patient very active in their recovery. So through food, you can actually really repair and, and help uh, prevent and treat disease. So I, you know, I truly believe food has, has the power to change your chemistry and to make you better. I, I'm a big believer in that also. That's amazing. I love good, that. Good. Okay, so what – yeah, mm-hmm. you keep going because I could listen to you all day about this. Well, yeah, and it's very simple really. The principles of uh, an anti-inflammatory recipes are so simple. It, okay. It's all about eating clean, less processed food, eating real wholesome foods. That's the one, number one. The second one, it's mostly, it should be mostly plant-based diet and fish. So the book, as I told you, is mostly plant-based protein and right. fish. Good, wild, local, if possible, fish. Oh, we, we, and, mm, yeah. yeah, we had we had we had a fisherman in here last week talking about uh, oh. getting wild, ca- catching your own wild fish or getting it from him at Kosher Catch. Oh, amazing, amazing! We love that omega three, that good, good, good source of protein. And then it talks about also low sugar and low glycemic, high fiber, good fats. And you need, for that, you really need to love cooking and cooking more. It's the only way to, to assure you have a healthy, balanced diet. And so that's, that's why I decided that, you know, writing a cookbook was the right way to go. And then partnering with Witzel, which with this amazing group of amazing women, powerful, strong women, uh, it was just perfect. It was it was perfect. So yes, absolutely fabulous. I really your cooking style, your freshness, mm. the vegetables. I love how in the beginning you even have a um, explanation about getting clear about fish, and then you have the difference between farm raised and wild caught. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. You have an explanation about the vegetables and herbs. Correct. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Where can people buy this book? Oh, beautiful. Where, where do so we buy this? there's a link. I can send you the link. There's the Wistel Yahad link. Okay. Um, right. And they will send it to you anywhere. Okay. Can um, we get it on Amazon? Not Amazon. No Amazon. It's only through Wistel because all the profits will go to Nahalad Yehuda Youth Center. Okay. So the beautiful Z- project. Z- okay. Can we're we put that up on the screen city. maybe? Okay. So what's, we're going to put it up on the screen. I don't know if we can. Can we put it up on the screen where to get okay. the book from? Okay. So you want me to say the Yeah, list? tell me the name. Yeah. Okay, sure. It's www.witzofl.org. Yeah. And the name of the book, it's Health Giving Cookbook. Health. I'm writing it down and ZK's going to put it up. Health Giving Cookbook. So they want to go to witzofl.org to get the book. That's correct. Okay. Then we will go to store and then they will find the health giving cookbook. Okay. Wizo, W-I-Z-O-F-L dot org for those who are sure. listening and those who are watching. This is a lovely book. Thank you so much for talking to us and Thank to bringing you. us such a fabulous book. And, and you know, I, I'm getting tons of recipe ideas and, and lots of things, fresh food to make and, and you know, everybody's going to love this. I, I, I'm actually very careful whose cookbooks end up on my studio. Um, every everybody thinks I I love everything and I do, but there are some things that don't pass muster to come, and I mm-hmm. I I don't want, you know, I, I want the show to be about high caliber foods, and and 
We like to present good quality things right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. And really, I'm giving this book such a nice shout out. Health Giving Cookbooks goes to an amazing organization uh, in Israel. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck. And everyone, it's W-I-Z-O-F-L.org. And ZK will put that up on the screen. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you very much. All right. Bye, guys. That that was great. I love this book. I don't know if you've had a chance to flick through it, guys. Um, As much as I love healthy um, fish and salads, I'm all about rounding out your diets. I'm tying this in because as an Aussie, we love our meat. There is nothing better than having a nice piece of meat. And good meat can be health-giving. And good, good meat, especially it's about what you eat and where you're sourcing your food from. And today I'm having, as I said, I have two very special guests, Naftali with Anna today. And now, it's about time. Oh. Yeah, it's been a lot. I know, the babies Why, are getting bigger. You. The you babies can, are getting bigger. So exactly. You, I'm, I'm out of the house again. Okay, fantastic. You know, I met your uncle and aunt the other night. Uh, Did yes, they, they tell you? Me, yes. At the, uh, at we had a movie night at the shul. Um, and they're like, oh, you're And they were on the them. flight that got stuck in Newfoundland. Oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Are they okay? They're fine. It was like it was like a twenty-four hour trip to Israel. Yes, they could have. Yeah, and my and the, and our four and a half year old wanted to know exactly how long it was and how long they were on the plane and what happened to the other plane. Yeah, a lot in of true, questions. I have in true questions. Food fashion. It sounded like the what we heard is that the staff was great. They were feeding us like yeah. everything That's, was fine. They just kept bringing out more and more food. So. Can you imagine twenty-four hours on a plane with no food, kosher food? Did you not wa- know what Can happened? Can you imagine 24 hours on an El Al plane with your whole neighborhood? Can we just recap what happened? So by the time they're airing this, it's it, it will be a week and a half that had happened. An El Al flight took off within an hour and a half. It had to land in Newfoundland. At a military base in Newfoundland, and they couldn't actually deplane because... If it's an emergency de- if, landing. Well, it was emergency landing, but if they, if, if they deplane, there would have been customs issues. And people who are going from the U.S. to Israel are presumably allowed to travel between those countries, but not necessarily able to get into Canada. Also, it was 15 below. 15 below, and the airport is a military base, not an airport with border patrol and customs. It's Newfoundland. Like, nobody, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen. Echveld. So they had to stay on the plane for, I think, about 14 hours. El Al sent a replacement plane over. From course, Israel. There's elderly people. There were there was, you know, there was actually a, a mace, a, a dead body on the I plane. I heard, I that heard. That was going to be buried. All, like... Only on an LL flight, this, this kind of thing is going to happen. But then they had like a shuttle bus going from one plane to the next. Because it, it was so cold, was you so couldn't cold, walk across. And there were elderly people, they didn't want them walking and windy. I mean, it, it was crazy. All I, I know I, is I my Oma was today. very stressed, but they're fine. Oma's okay now because they're they're in Israel now. These are your cousins, your aunts and uncles? This is my dad's brother and my dad's brother's wife. Crazy. Crazy story that was all. I follow Yeshiva World News. Was, as well. They were all over. They it. were all they, over they that. Had, like swipe had, up, swipe up on they, Instagram. They had somebody on the plane. It was very impressive. Oh really? They must have. Uh, must I'd have known stick somebody. it to you on every well, Yeshiva World. I mean, News every, on everybody's every a, everybody's a correspondent. At yeah, yeah. Right with our phones now. We were talking about that the, last week. Everyone has a phone. They're a news correspondent. But the best news comes right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. That's right. We bring you the best, literally. Um, okay, so that was a crazy Sorry, story. Sorry, yeah, that was yeah. an aside. Yeah, no, 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 that was like really insane. So, okay, hopefully everyone uh, is enjoying their but time. But the grow now. and behold meat that they were smuggling into Israel stayed frozen because it was so cold on the plane. Really? That's the moral but, of the story. No, met? I made that up. No, no, but, but it could possible. be. It would have been. It, it, it hasn't uh, happened before. I yes. bring meat from Australia because Australian lamb is all grass-fed by nature. Like they don't do all this. I don't know if sheep here are have the whole. F- philosophy where they where they shove them with corn like they it, it's not like it is with cattle but right. it's it's not quite the same as australian lamb. so australian lamb is divine um so i always bring australian lamb back and it stays frozen 24 hours on the plane yeah we i mean we have a lot of customers who will actually bring meat to israel yeah i'm not i don't know all how legal all that is but you know i don't tell don't, I, it's all good. don't ask don't tell right we're gonna take there, there's a lot of exemptions for personal use actually Ah, okay, there you go. So, so you know, we're talking, you know, we're talking with um, Susan who wrote this healthy cooking and what you eat and try to keep everything healthy. And I think your meat is just, you know, tell us the history of why your meat is the healthy meat. Sure. So I know you've you've been on the I, show yeah, before. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell the I know, story I again. Make, and I make here everybody now to, and to I help. make and I make him come on every time. You come on like twice a twice year. A year. That's good. And I make. Everyone hear the story again because it, fun, it, we have fun, new it's, listeners. It's, it's a fun story. And I think it's, I'm 
I love, I can't get enough. So it started about, what is it, 12 years ago now. Feels like forever. Feels like, in a good way, <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Um, we met in uh, Connecticut at the Isabella, Fried Jewish, Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center, where they have a wonderful program called the Adama Fellowship. It is a Jewish environmental leadership program. Um, I didn't realize you met there. We Well, at, we, we met a couple times before that. Anna doesn't remember, but let's <laughs> run out. Yeah, the third time we met for me, the first time Anna met me, um, was was in, a, in, in at that program. No comment. Yeah, um, but so th- it's a great program, um, and it's training Jewish environmental leaders through the lens of sustainable farming and food production. So there's a four, a four or five acre vegetable farm where vegetables are grown for the CSA program. Um, they deliver um, the they deliver the produce from the farm to customers in West Hartford every week. They have a lacto-fermentation, a a pickling business. They have a small goat dairy for education. We do an educational shechita there every year because we, we sh- me and my Rebbe go up. When are you going up, Nate? My husband wants to come every with you. Every year in November. You got you to gotta reach out Did to me I in October. Did I just missed it? You just missed oh, it, yeah. I just missed it. This, this was not a good year to go. It was raining all it's, day. It is a great place to fall in love, I will tell you, because- Oh, that's no, so romantic. It is. I'm going to tell you why. You're really living it. Okay, we make food blessings. Okay, is it Bari Priya Eights or Pradama, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the field. I'm on my knees. I'm dirty. I'm watching this pepper growing. Do you know that pepper flowers are stunningly beautiful? They're like creamy yellow with purple insides. They're like, it's the bees are there. It's everything's alive. Everything's growing. And you're and you're and you're realizing this is amazing to just sort of be a part of and use your body in ways like we're all you know suburban Jews we've never been outside before like just feels good, um, and then you realize we actually our Jewish tradition actually invites us requires us to say wow and say thank you you know we're saying thank you every single morning that we wake up and we're waking up in this beautiful place and we have these food brachot you actually have to know how a cherry grows different than a cherry tomato to know what blessing to say. It, it actually makes a difference. Is it a tree? Is it from the earth? And to actually be there and in that setting and putting all the pieces together. It's very profound. Kids, kids don't get this. Also, kids do I, not I, I, I get will, this. They don't know. I just they wanna, need to see where it grows. I just want to say also from the summer that we met, there are two other marriages from that summer. There are five babies and one more poo 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 on the way not ours we're, we're good um, but but so Jewish mothers and Jewish fathers if you have kids who you know you're like they're a little bit different I was a little bit different you know I, had, I was doing landscaping in high school but if your kids are maybe a little bit different the traditional system isn't working for them you want to send them somewhere where they might still meet somebody Jewish consider the Adama program they've got three fellowships spring summer fall Great How old place. do you have to be? 20s. In your 20s? In your 20s. In your 20s. It's a great Am great I too program. old to go? <laughs> you can go to farm camp Farm. They, they have, do they really have a farm they camp? They do. They have farm camp, I think, twice in the summer. Mm. I want to go to that. They may, Seriously, they have a can camp? you guys yeah, help me out? They, can you guys help me up with that? We, I mean, we can connect you with them yeah, for yeah, sure. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, and we're, then we're there's a food conference. There's a, there's a food right, conference every that summer that's every at the same time. place. It's amazing. It's just always bad yeah. timing for yeah. me for yeah. that. No, we um, should get you there. So anyway, but we met there like 11, 12 years ago. And... We met. We fell in love. It was wonderful. It's so cool. It was. Um, even though, you know, I'm, it, is, <laughs> it is wonderful. Um, it's still wonderful every day. But um, at that point, when we fell in love, I we see were, hearts I, floating yeah. around. No, here I, you can tell. I'm, I'm Actually, the, there is a heart up there. I'm the sentimental one. Um, Did you get that heart, Desi <laughs> He's on it. Be nice. I'm trying. Um, no. Um, so we, we were excited about growing vegetables. We thought we were going to have a farm. Uh, we were looking at land. We thought we were going to, you know, end up pretty far away from, you know, from anywhere. And we were we wanted to have, we were going to grow vegetables, but not grow up keeping kosher. And we were surrounded by people raising, you know, beautiful animals on pasture that were not being slaughtered in a kosher way. So Naf's like, I know, we'll live on a, and then a lot of integrated, you know, farms that also have animals as part of the fertility cycle and manure and composting and all of that. So obviously the easiest thing to do would be for Naf to learn shlita. So he would learn how to shecht chickens and then we could live on a farm and raise our own chickens and raise our own vegetables and so we thought that was the only possible solution it just and, made sense you know exactly yeah because how many boys actually go into shechita well, what's no, the no, percentage no, no. Well, exactly. well so i mean this is the best part of the story so my grandmother found out i was learning shechita she was mortified i mean we come from you know polish chassidim rabbis scholars 
oh, a boy who couldn't be a Talmud Chacham would be a Sheikhid. She was mortified. <laughs> then when I became an entrepreneur, she was very happy. Okay. That was, that was good. Okay. Um, Halacha in business. Yeah. Okay. So um, I learned Shechita and I started learning the meat business. So, and as we were realizing that growing vegetables and walking to shul and living a traditional Jewish life are not really something that you can really do in this country. And if you find a farmer in America who walks to shul, I want their number because I still haven't met them. And I've been asking this question for 10 years now. Um, <laughs> but as we were learning that, we also said, wait a minute, I know how to take a cow and make a kosher steak. And that's not something that's actually very easy to do. It's not something that most people know how to do. Um, and there was a serious lack of high quality kosher meat available in terms of the, the sustainability, the um, the ethics of food production and the quality. It's just, it, it wasn't there. I mean, 10 years ago. Um, and we said, you know what, let's give this a shot. And I think really fundamentally, you know, I can speak farmer, I can speak slaughterhouse operator, and I can also speak to rabbis. And that's, that, that, I mean, that's my life. I mean, I'm not actually a farmer. You know, Ann and I have worked on farms, but I talk on the phone. That's what I do. I drive to the farm. I talk to the farmers. I drive to the plants and I talk to the butchers and the plant operator. Like that's, it, it's really actually about putting it all together. So um, we started the business in 2000, 2010. How long did it take you to become a full-fed shechet? So I have a license to shecht poultry. And was that six weeks? Or, no, it was three months. Three months. It was three months. Um, my Rebbe said that. So the way that I learned was a little bit like why you, you, you know, if you're um, in, the, in the smicha, in the rabbinic program at YU, you can take a class with Rabbi Loiki and learn shechita. Um, that's a much more kind of an academic thing. It's wonderful. Um, do they take them out to a... They, they do, they, and they shecht a few chickens, but I, I actually apprenticed myself to a shochet who was working at a plant, and I probably shechted like a thousand chickens before you know I even started getting tested. It was really a different... It was much more of an apprenticeship model because he knew, at least at that point, that the idea was that you know we were going to be on a farm doing this for ourselves, and I needed to know... Like, a shochet knows how to shecht. They know how to cut, make the cut properly. They know the halachas around that. Maybe they know a little bit of the inspection. But if I'm going to be on a farm... With Anna, shechting a chicken, we've got to shecht it, pluck it, inspect it, gut it, all, the whole process through, including the koshering, not to kosher the livers, all that stuff. Um, so I did it in about three months because I was really doing it full time. I was very, very focused on it. Um, and I did not get my Kabbalah for red meat animals because that's, you know, my, I don't actually, I didn't want to actually be a shochet for a career. And as, as we started to realize that farming is not going to happen, let's go into meat, I had started working on the, you know, learning shechita for big animals, but I also learned the butchering and how to do the deveining and all that process. Trabering, right? Trabering. Deveining is trabering. Nikor, porging. Malicha. Mal, no, malicha salting. Ma, malicha salting. Malicha salting. That's later. Hadacha. Nikur, Hadacha, Melicha. Okay. And then Hadacha again. Right. We know. So it's, a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole process. But we started in 2010. We started selling just chicken. In uh, 2011, we added beef. 2012, we added lamb. Turkey was at some point in there. Nobody can remember exactly when we started selling turkey. I love that I they sell a half a turkey. Can we just year. talk about the yes, half turkey? the half turkey is very popular. I love that. The half turkey is very so popular. good. Yeah, it's well, it cooks it's so like fast. It's like a big roast chicken. It's oh thing. my gosh! And it the same way. And yeah. I learned from you guys when you came on the show. I think last year or the year before, before Thanksgiving, you rub it in duck fat. Yes. And you just roast it in duck fat. Yes, that's all you need it, to it, do. Oh my my. Yeah. Um, so we've you know we've added products over the years, and now we're selling beef, chicken, turkey, duck, lamb, roast veal, <gasps> jerky. Sell- we sell jerky. Sausages? We have dried salami. We have sausages. Remember, we, we made sausages that. We made right sausage. here yeah, in I the came, studio. ZK, I came were here, you here for right that? from a production run. I think the first. Yeah, time you came and that. we cooked them right here, and then we had a meeting in the park. I think afterwards yes. we're talking. We're talking some business. Talking some business. And and yeah, we were eating those lamb sausages. Yep. Um, but the the whole program is we work directly with our farmers and with our plants. Our animals are raised on pasture with no antibiotics, no growth enhancing hormones. They've got a natural diet. They have room to run around, to express themselves. It sounds exactly like when I was talking last week to Jeffrey Ingber about it, kosher catch. Exactly. And I said to everyone, I said to Jeff and whoever was everyone that was listening, our listeners, you sound, I feel like I'm talking to Naftali now because you guys have the same MO. For sure. And people want good product people want to know where their food is coming from i mean what you you are what you eat it's the you know it's the most what? famous and true you know and the same thing with our healthy cooking book even though she doesn't eat meat 
right? It's all knowing where your food is coming from and reading the back of the packaging and and uh, yeah, and getting out. and getting away from overly processed foods, getting away from foods that are produced in a way that you know no, nobody. N- n- no, nobody in our community, nobody in our world wants to, you know, see animals or suffer or workers suffer or people be unhealthy because of the way their food is produced. Nobody wants to see that consciously, but we're very removed. People are very removed from how food is produced. Um, and the fact is the food system in most of the industrialized world does have problems. You know, there's there's the environmental impact, there's the social cost, there are, there are some issues with it. And you know, for sure, it's more expensive to produce meat and fish and you know anything in this manner. But for those who, you know, who, who want to put their money there, that you know, that's that's why we exist. You know. So what? Yeah, yeah. I was no. just gonna say. You know, people often say, "Well, it's so much more expensive," and it's like, well, you get what you really get what you pay for. And we don't always buy the cheapest shoes or the cheapest car or the cheapest you know, clothes. Um, because they fall apart. Because they fall apart, because they don't look right, because they don't serve us. Um, but with food, and it's not, you know, it is our culture. Our stores are named price choppers, super value, save on. Our stores are not named healthy food inside, right? <laughs> our stores our stores are named don't spend as little money as you possibly can. So it's it's deeply ingrained in how we think. But it really, it's worth relearning because because there is really a quality difference, both from the health and, and ultimately from taste. We have some people who don't even, they're like ethics, methics, fine, great. This is just the most delicious meat I've ever had. And it turns out when you an- raise the animals well, they taste better. Right, a lot of my customers, and you guys know that I'm a personal chef, love when I do the my flanken ribs. I think I must have bought eighty strips of ribs from you, um, Russia Shana time, and I had to count out this one wanted six, and this one wanted eight, <laughs> but they loved it. And you can see, definitely see the quality, and actually the flavors are better. People always say fat is flavor, and we know that that's true, but your meats aren't running with fat. Can you explain that whole thing, how it's so flavorful without being so fatty? Well, in part of it, there's two things there. One is that is the trimming. We we butcher our meat very, very carefully. I mean, we we don't want, you know, people might look at the prices and say, oh my gosh, you know, $21.99 for a brisket. But you also have to understand that we are not weighing the brisket, trimming it, and then selling it to you. We are trimming that brisket fully. And the price per pound is on a trimmed piece of meat. So um, we trim our meat very carefully so there's not extra fat on it. Um, but also, we, we are not selling 100% grass-fed beef. Our cattle are finished with a mix of grain and grass, so there is some grain in the diet. And that's what allows us to get some marbling in there. Because marbling, which is the internal fat in the meat, is what gives beef its beefy flavor. And right. there is there it's not just from the fat, but the fat is where the, you know a lot of the flavor is. Right. So... You know, that's why it's so flavorful. It's that plus the, the way it's fed. Yeah, the, the grow and behold meat really has a whole different flavor than I find the in the regular kind of meats. Your steaks, you know, I'm obsessed with your oyster steaks and the Denver steaks. Denver steaks. The Denver steaks yeah. <laughs> are unbelievable. And you don't need to make I, – I hate when I go to a restaurant, and I was recently at one. I'm not going to say who because I don't like to talk lush and horror here. Um, but it was a beautiful piece, expensive piece of meat. It was an expensive steak. It was drowned in sauce. I, I don't understand. I could have gone into the kitchen, taken a piece of meat, salt and olive oil. Right? That's all we need. And, and, and we, a cast iron pan. Yeah, and we don't spend a lot of time on fancy marinades and sauces because the, the meat, meat spe- speaks for itself. Right, meat should speak for itself. So. Okay, let's cook. Okay. <laughs> So, as we move into the second hour of our show, well, we're going to have a cooking demo. So, one of the things that we love to do is, especially when we do cooking demos or or, or, or the shows or something like that, is not just like we're not going to show you how to make a fancy recipe because if you want to do that, you can go online, you can go to our website, grownball.com. We've got hundreds and hundreds of recipes, but we love technique. Right. So, what we're going to do is sear duck breasts. Okay. I love duck breasts. And, 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 and so many. You know, duck is becoming more and more popular. Duck okay. is popular. And so our pasture duck is raised outdoors on pasture. It is sweet. It's got incredible flavor. Um, and one of the great things about duck is when you buy duck, you're always, you're, you know, duck might look expensive. You're buying two things. You're buying duck and you're buying duck fat. So you've, you, you're, you're, you, have to, you have to change your value proposition. You had me at duck fat. I know yeah. people freak out. My daughter's here in the studio, and I used to remember when I used to uh, fry French fries in duck fat. Everyone mm. went crazy over it. 
and then you finish it with some um, Himalayan pink salt. Ooh la la. So duck has a very thick layer of fat in between the meat and the skin. And the way that we're going to get that out is that we are going to just poke through the skin with a pushpin. I grabbed a, I grabbed a pushpin from the wall. I it's am learning now. I'm learning a new technique. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to we'll take with, some with pictures, red nail okay? Polish. Um, so we, you can do this with a knife and make a shallow scoring, or you can use your uh, sharp fork or a pushpin, but you just score the duck skin all over. And what this is going to do is this is going to allow the fat to render out through the skin. Um, it's going to allow the fat to render out of the skin nicely while still allowing the skin to brown. If you don't do this, it can kind of just sit and, uh, and steam a little bit. So the other trick of, for duck breast, and this is a little bit harder to do on a radio, in, a, in a radio studio, um, but it is a good idea to defrost your duck breasts, and then you can actually stick them in the freezer for about 30 minutes before you move them into the pan to get them a little bit of a hard freeze on the skin. Um, and that will help with the rendering process. It's not a big deal with these, which are a little bit thinner. These are like half a pound each, so this okay. will be fine. But for a big duck breast, that'll just slow down your cooking time a little bit. Okay. So, so we, interesting. We prick I, them I, all I, over. I, and what we're going to do here, and Naomi, you can maybe tell me. Okay. Do you want me to no, turn this pan, on? No. Oh, no, cold pan. Cold pan. Cold I was pan, say, cold what's dark? unusual about what we're doing here? Okay. I, I just want to show everyone. See, the flame is not on. When you cook duck, you put first, you do cold pan, cold duck, and then you turn it on. It's because it's releasing all the fat. That helps release it. Okay, first that has to go. Okay, we're turning on the um, this down. This is from my chop competition stuff. Okay, hold on. Okay. All right, we're going to just, I'm going to take some pictures. <laughs> I'm like very excited. So what we do is. We put the duck in a cold pan skin side down and we start it off at a relatively low heat because we want to let the heat build and the fat to slowly start rendering out. Okay. This is this requires a little bit of patience. Right, so I just want to... A three-hour show, right? Three hours. Today will be three no, it's, hours. No, it, it's, it's, it's maybe a 20-minute 20, <laughs> so, 20 so process. Normally, we, you, you score. Like, people have this thing with scoring it. So we're not doing uh, that. I just want to reiterate, we are not doing that. So I have never... I try not to... I try not to suggest techniques to people that I don't feel like the the, the home chef is going to have an easy time handling. And if you want to score your duck breasts and they and have them look beautiful, you have to score them with a really really sharp knife, and you have to score them at good intervals, and you have to get the same kind of level of pressure um. each time you're scoring it if you want it to open nicely. And okay. it, it's the same thing. You're just opening up the skin so the fat can get out. But you can do the same thing with a pushpin. I love that. So you, and we fair enough, you're gonna you're it's gonna leave you with a smooth crust of a skin, which then you'll slice. If you've already got those hatch marks in there, when you cut it into slices, it could sort of I the love skin can come apart the a little bit. Skin is amazing. That's what we're going for. Okay, so so let, I just need to I want to go over this pushpin bit again with the listeners because I want to make sure I understand it too. So we are learning together right here today. We are pushing. We are pushing the pin. Not all the way through the skin into the meat. Not into the meat, just into the layer of fat. So you just really need to puncture the skin. It's pretty shallow. Okay. And you can kind of feel and hear when you get through the outer layer of skin. There's like a, I can't make the noise because I'm not a piece of duck skin, but it's like, <laughs> and, and there's no way we're going to pick that up on the, on the radio, but it's like, it's just a little, there's a little release and the, the pushpin gives a little bit. Nothing's going to happen if on a couple of your pricks you go a little bit too far. It's on, it's, on, it's, it's on very it's, low. It's on there, very right? low. Yeah, yeah. I, yep. And it's cast iron. So yep, I know, I know, right? I know. I'm, I'm watching and I'm going to slowly start turning it up. <laughs> but the idea is we want to get the fat to render out slowly. If we turn it up high, it's going to sear the skin and the fat's still going to be inside there and then it will be very unpleasant to eat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, when you cook whole duck, any techniques for that? Yes, um... I will because there I, ain't nothing like a grown behold duck. There is nothing like a grown behold duck, and I will give a technique um, from Chef Isaac Bernstein because I love to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, um, Isaac is running a pomegranate market. Um, Isaac was a grown behold customer when he was catering out in California with Epic Bites, his company that's still out there, um, run by another great guy um, named Heshi. But so Isaac's been buying meat from us for quite a while, and. When we first started selling duck, he fell in love with the duck. And I said, okay, but how? what's the best way to cook the whole duck? So this is what he told me. And I don't follow his recipe in exact because my wife doesn't like lavender on duck. Oh, I also... I 
I don't like clover. I sneeze from it like like crazy. I it's, can't smell it. It's a lovely smell, but for soap, not for food. Yeah, yeah, for I, me. Yeah. yeah. People love. I've been to lavender field, and I, I can't oh. be near it. I. I, I don't. I don't call it allergic, <laughs> but he, but the technique works. So, okay. so and it's the same thing. It's prick the duck all over with a pushpin or a sharp fork, um, and then you can you, you can do any sort of kind of season or, or marinade. So he he would recommend you know like olive oil, salt and pepper, and lavender. <coughs> we will use thyme or a little bit of smoked paprika, but gentle flavors because duck has its own beautiful flavor. Um, prick it all over, salt, pepper, and a light spicing. Um, and then you put it in a um, in a Dutch oven in a 300 degree convection roast or 325 regular roast oven with the Dutch oven open. I hear it. And that, yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna turn it down you can just see a bit. It too. You can see the fat starting to render okay. off. I'm taking a little picture. Um, so you put the whole duck in the oven, and every 30 to 45 minutes. You pull the Dutch oven out very carefully. You very carefully reach inside with tongs, remove the duck, which is dripping in fat, hold the duck over the Dutch oven to get let the fat drip off, put it on a cutting board, and then you do what we're going to do here, which is... We should have brought that splatter guard. <laughs> Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, I know you said I don't even own one. Wait, can I ask something? Um, what, what is that in there, in that jar? So that jar is empty, but the oh, same okay. the same thing that you do with your um, with your whole duck. It's a good thing I'm wearing green this yeah. week. <laughs> so there's a, the. Again. <laughs> there so what you do with your whole duck is you then you take that Dutch oven, you pour off the fat through cheesecloth into a um, into a jar, and then you have your duck fat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate that right okay. now. So. so eyes, camera, everyone following, if you're watching on the YouTube channel on the Nakam Siegel oh, net. Jeez. Okay. okay, watch out. Okay. So don't, this, don't burn the white. Do these go any wider? No. Okay. Sorry. I, I thought it was just fine. for like flipping something. No, this is a very special technique of holding your duck breast in the pan. Oop. But it's cast iron, so is that because it, that's fine. why it's black? No, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's just because... We'll talk about how you clean your pan later. It's funny they tell me to wa wash it in salt. I always scrub salt. it with salt. We yeah. don't no, don't scrub it with anything. Eh, it's okay. You don't what? You don't what with everything? We don't scrub it with anything. Just uh, a very rough, rough uh, sponge. But okay, no we'll soap, no salt. Okay. We'll talk I would think about that. salt would really dry it out, which yeah. you don't. I don't know. Everyone always it. tells me to salt. wash it in salt. E either way, um, but so. When you're cooking with duck, you can cook duck breast to temperature. And if you want to cook duck breast to temperature, you actually want to cook to kosher duck breast to medium rare. Not rare. It's going to be too stringy. But really with duck, you're, not, you're cooking the duck until the fat is rendered. So with the whole duck, every 30 to 45 minutes, you're going to pull that Dutch oven out of the oven, take your duck out, drain the fat, and flip the duck over and put it back in the oven. When is your duck finished? When the fat stops rendering out. So when you put it in the oven and you check it after half How an hour. How long does that take? Um, it depends on the size of the duck, two to three hours. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and then you put on the glaze at the end. I don't glaze my duck. I also... But I yes, if you wanted to glaze, it would go on So I actually learned that when, when you sent me a ground behold duck, I had in my freezer for quite a few months because I was so nervous to cook it because everyone said ground behold duck is the best, cook it right. I'm like so nervous. I called Jordana Herschel. Said Jordana, what am I doing? She says, Grumba Hold Duck needs nothing. It has its own flavors. She said, just throw it in the oven with nothing on it. No salt, no sauces, roast it. it and what did you think? Crispy and delicious and easiest thing I ever did. The, the other thing is Set it and forget it. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, we're making when are we making a duck? For Shabbos or Yantiv. Now if it's Yantiv, fine, you can make a glaze, but I'm not gonna serve something and then make a glaze. And then put on the blech for two hours. Oh, it's, God, it just that's doesn't, the it, word, It's like right? criminal. So, okay, so I just want to say again, so now we have another more fat to render out. And I don't want to deep fry the duck. Back up, Anna, just so I don't... Burn you. Burn you. But we don't want to deep fry the duck. We want to sear it. Oop. Not as black this time when it ran off. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay, cast iron cooking is a bit of a... So you can caring, caring for a cast iron pan is a lot of work. It is, but it's worth it. So we, we actually will usually do duck, duck in a stainless steel skillet, but cast iron also right. you can I work. I don't know why I thought to bring that 
because oh, I knew Cast we were iron. doing duck. I could, I could have easily yeah. bought. It, 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 it's, it's not, it's not a big deal. It it's just not. looks always pretty in pictures. I, yes. I have a Gotham Steel. Um, shout out to Gotham Steel. I, they have really great fr- pans, and they're nonstick. And I happen to like that for when I do my duck breath. I don't know. We're, we're a large family. But, okay. But I'm sure the other ones are great too. Yeah, Melinda Strauss bought me this as a gift. Oh, great. <laughs> Unseasoned. Because if you buy, you cannot buy a seasoned cast iron pan unless you want to kasher it yourself. Because it comes with a layer of fat and the fat is not under hashkocha. So we. The whole thing. The whole. There's a whole what to do. So just buy your cast iron pans unseasoned and, un, and season it yourself. We can have Chai Siri Lightner from Spice and Zest come in and give us a whole lesson on cast iron pans. You probably could also, right? Okay. All right, that uh, looks amazing. Yep. So, and again, we're still the fat's still coming off, so we're not. We we're talking about Shabbos though, and duck, especially in the winter, because it is good at room temperature. Yes. So you don't have to keep it on a blech and let it sort of overcook. It's you know you can make it Friday afternoon, and you're not eating it too much later than when you make it. It's it's nice for the winter. Right. In I that actually sense. do that with the duck breast because I don't like mine um, overcooked. Yeah. I like a good medium rare. What if you're using a thermometer and to get that perfect temperature? Duck, I think about one one no, one forty, one forty five for duck. For, for duck breasts. For ducks. Okay, now let's talk about sous vide with duck. Sous vide. I just think you saw I sous vide for the first time. So you made that you made that oyster steak a few weeks before at home. Yeah, like and two then, weeks ago. And then you did it sous vide. So what did you notice the difference like texture, flavor? I mean it's what an oyster like steak, better? it's good, but what did you like better? It was delicious meat, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> Great. It was really good. I loved it. I loved it both ways. Um, you know, I did it with Miriam Pascal over time cook. We were, um, she was over and I'm like, I want to show me how to use the sous vide machine. I bought it in July. When they prime had the, day. I'm prime yeah, we also, we, we, so did we. <laughs> I was actually overseas and I called, I WhatsApp called Melinda Strauss. I go, can you just order me one on Amazon? And um, I, it's literally sat in the box for like six months. Oyster. So Miriam came over and she she showed me because your oyster steak was vacuum packed. That mm-hmm. we all the steaks are. So we yeah. we just dropped it yep, in the sous vide machine. Yep. In the bucket, the bucket of water, the pot of water, so to speak. Had the sous vide machine. Sous vide. Do you want to explain what sous vide is? It means it means in vacuum, uh, but it's just it's it's basically a method of cooking that allows you to hold your your protein or whatever you're cooking at the desired temperature that you want it to finish for extended periods of time. So it's a, just a little electronic machine that keeps the water at a certain temperature. But what temperature do you want your steak cooked till? Me? 120, 125. So if I want to cook a steak to a perfect 120, you put it in the sous vide for two hours at 120. How long you put it in depends really on the thickness of the steak. or if Yeah, that's what I, it's still a mystery. Like she showed me how to set it and all that, but how do you know when it's done? Well, so you because ha- there's no probe. No, but the, the the whole thing. So the thing with sous vide is that it, 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 you're both cooking to temperature, but you're really cooking to texture. That's what much. I want to say it was much softer. It was a much. But did softer you like meat. that? I loved it. Okay. Because cooking it here is a, a little harder because you're breaking down the fibers more. So that's like, the thing. Low you're protein. losing more evaporation, more waters coming off, more steams coming off. And a sous vide, it's, it's sealed in. It's sealed so in. We, we basically, we didn't unpackage. It comes um, vacuum packed. And oh. we didn't unpack it. We just, some people marinate it first and then like squeeze the air out in a, in a Ziploc bag and make that uh, almost vacuum sealed. Um, but we just – and then we flavoured it afterwards and then seared it. You have to sear it afterwards, right? Yeah, you have to sear it afterwards or then you're going to be eating a mushy piece of meat that's just mushy. If you sear it, you can at least get a crust outside and get the Maillard reaction and get some of those flavours. Can you explain what the Maillard reaction is? So the Maillard reaction, M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D, is is browning. It's the way to, to talk about browning but sound much smarter. So Maillard. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's science. It is no, it's science, but when you brown proteins, so when you expose them to very high heat on a grill in a cast iron pan or anything like that, it creates tons and tons of flavor compounds, um, and that's what makes your meat taste good. So that's why many, many recipes, even if you're making a stew, they'll tell you to brown your meat first, because that browning creates a lot of extra flavor that you can then get into your dish. But when you're sous vide, sous vide is going to cook the meat 
to a temperature and ideally a texture, right? That's really all it can do for you. But if you want to get those additional flavors, you've got to get them another way. So the kind of the, the gold techniques for sous vide these days are you sous vide your meat at the desired temperature for a certain amount of time. Then you shock it in ice water to cool it and stop the cooking. I, I didn't know that. We didn't I, do that. I only learned about it recently. Don't oh, worry. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> but you shock it to, to stop the cooking right there. And then you sear it. Uh-huh. You can also, or you can sear fur. I mean, it's, 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 it's a whole thing. It's, I'm very, very torn with sous vide. Um, I see the potential. I understand why for caterers, it's brilliant. I understand why for cooks who may not be so confident or who are busy, it's great. Um, it's tough for me, though, because I know how to cook a steak. Right. So this is my one thing. It took five hours <laughs> to make the st- oyster steak. It was yum, don't get me wrong, but it's just as delicious. In a cast iron pan. So I so, think the sous vide gets a lot of hype. Okay. But I'm just not sure if I'm Yeah, if you have if you have a lot of people coming on you want to serve everyone a steak at exactly the same time, and that would be very hard to do in in your one pan. So that in that kind of a situation, we're flipping the duck breasts. We pause our discussion to just ogle at the so golden now we've and got duck breasts. Beautiful golden crust. Okay. Uh okay. I'm gonna. I'm taking a picture <laughs> so I can have it for myself. You're gonna see this on uh, my Instagram and the Nachum Siegel Network Instagram. Let's talk about how people can buy your meat. We're we're, we're talking about the meat. People want to buy it. We've done. Um, oh, I should sit down. Sorry, CK. <laughs> I'm like all excited here. We how just we got buy a your meat? great brand new store. Anna, do you want to tell folks about it? We have a brand new store. <laughs> www.growandbehold.com. It's beautiful. You can save your favorites, you can save your credit card, and you can see pictures of the raw meat of every cut that we sell. So if you're not sure, I is an oyster steak of that long, thin one or that teardrop-shaped one? What does a Denver steak really look like? How would I serve this? We've got all of the pictures up there. So um, trying to take some of the, you know, bring the butcher shop right into the comfort of your home on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone. It works. I love it. I know when I've had questions and when I cook for other people, like I'm not exactly sure like what I'm ordering in the site. I call up and there's someone to talk to as yeah, well. You can also, I need to be you can babied a little bit, us. just no, like no, everyone no, else. But people no, want but to know gonna, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make you use the website for your next order, just so you can see how easy it is. That's gonna be that's gonna be our next show. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna I have you have on Naomi the website live. Yeah, Naomi on the website. Um, <laughs> and no. Pesach's coming. No, but we we have a great customer service team. But I also want to note that the photographs on our website when you're shopping are photographs of our actual meat. So yes, it's not stock photography. We spent. Four days, doing eight days worth of photo shoots this summer. We went to our butcher shop. We brought the photographer down. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was your photographer? Um, Evelina Reinhardt. She's wonderful. She does the wonderful. photo. She, she does the photography for Degustibus, um, the, the cooking school at sure, Macy's. Sure. So we met her when we did something there last year. She was there Another again. Another class we coming got, up in, in, a few yep, in April. We're to be doing a butchering demonstration there. Oh, I want to um, come to that. I missed you the one with you and Ari. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Ari and I had a good time. Um, yeah, we were following along. <laughs> but. Um, so those are, but those are real photographs of the actual meat. And in addition to photographs of the raw meat, we also have photographs of the packaged meat. So you can see how it comes. There is, you know, two steaks in a box. So you can see two steaks vacuum packed. So you can really understand what you're getting. We're trying to make it as easy as possible. Um, so you can buy it on our website. We ship nationwide. We deliver in the New York area. We are in Manhattan, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're in the five towns on, and Teaneck um, and, and Essex County as well on Tuesdays and Thursdays. On Wednesdays, we are in Westchester, Muncie, um, the North Shore of Long Island, and Queens and Riverdale, right? Yeah. Um, and we ship nationwide. We also have buying clubs all over the country for folks who are looking to save on shipping. What's a buying club? If if you need um, to know, if you need one, you don't want it. Might help you because you so might need this. A buying club is really just when a group of customers gets together. They place individual orders, but we ship it to one central location. Um, it. It's a good way to save a little bit of money on shipping. It's for people out of town. It's for I people think. out of town, but we can also ship to you out of town. Like you don't have to be in a buying club to get our meat. Right. Um, but if you have enough people and you don't need the meat 
right now today for Shabbos, but you have time to organize with you know those people, and you have a place to receive it. You know, on Thursday next week, then you could we could organize a buying club with you, where we everybody orders individually, but we send it to one location. So we've got buying clubs in Columbus, Cleveland, three different ones in Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, Phoenix, Oakland, Berkeley. We're not going to name all 44. We're not going to name all 44. There's a lot. Yeah, 44 buying Um, clubs. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And we ship nationwide right to your door. So, you know, you can order by 1 p.m. and you can have our meat delivered to your house the next day. Okay. Now that you're all looking at the website, because we told you it was www.growandbehold.com. <laughs> and they opened a new window because they're listing on nachamsegal.com now. Oh, right. Of so course. they're opening a new a window, window and then you go to growandbehold.com. You can also use the cold table for two for $15 off Ooh, an T-A-B-L-E order of $100. B-L-E-F-O-R. F-O-R. Number two. Number two. Table for two. And you can also tell your friends to order. So we've got a new referral program. Your friend places their first order, they get 15% off their order, and you get $25 store credit, so which you can save. What's the promo code for this? Uh, for the referral, there's you go to our website, there is an orange button. On any page, bottom right corner, there's an orange button that just says refer a friend and earn. And uh, you just click. You'll have to set up an account if you don't have one already. If your friends never ordered, they get 15% off their first order. And you will get $25 store credit added to your account um, as a way to say thank you. Because word of mouth is really, really the best for us. And we love to make you happy. And we would love to make your friends happy as well. Okay, that is great. I'm, I'm holding it up got, to the screen. We've got um, recipes. We've got at least one, often two or three recipes for every cut on the website. We've also got other names. Uh, we really wanted to make this website, obviously, it's a store. We want to use it to sell lots and lots of meat, but we wanted to make it a resource as well. So where you can come and you can really understand what's going on, see the different cuts of meat, compare them, etc. Okay, how close are we ready to eat? Because we've you- got about three and a half minutes left. Oh my, I don't think we're going to be quite done. It's going to okay. be rare. Okay, well then let's just talk about the sauce we we're going to make real quick. Let's yes. make the sauce. Let's and then we'll it. tell you later. We'll post about it after the we're show. We're going to put it on our Instagram, yeah, on the yeah, Nachum exactly. Siegel Network. Yeah, we're, we're I'll s- send the videos to Yoni and he can... We're still rare. We actually thought duck would be a really great recipe for Tubishvat, which is coming up, um, because it is such a great uh, base to serve with fruit, tree fruits. Okay, so okay, let's make some so fruity, we've got, fruity sauce. We've got some peach apricot spread here. You could cook this down. You could make a from fresh fruit, we're just going to doctor up some uh, peach apricot spread, and we're going to add a little apple cider vinegar. And basically with duck, because it's so rich, um, you just want to mix the, you want a little bit of sweet, and then you want a little bit of something acidic to go with it. Um, Pickled raisins is another favorite of ours. Some people do cherry. Orange is really classic. Um, but yeah, know. orange is very classic with duck. Um, but I, I don't know. I like the, I like the apricot. I like the cider vinegar myself to just. Uh, yeah, we actually we did a, well, a date rhubarb. Oh, date oh, rhubarb. Yeah, Dates and rhubarb. That was good. Yes, sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. What was yeah. the other one you just said? Apricot and apple cider vinegar. That's what we're going to work That's on today. today. Okay, are we doing yes. it now? Yeah. Okay, um, great. Because yeah, we, we have two a, minutes. We just need a bowl. We need a bowl. Okay, Yoni. Uh, right here. Thank you. Oh, there. okay. We've got one, Yoni. Great. Yoni Pollock in the house today. Great. Okay, we're taking a tablespoon or two. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Okay, like, and if you want to see this finished, the we're gonna have an after show. Doesn't after, oh, the after don't show we have lunch. an after show um, on on uh, Oprah? They used to have that, so we're gonna have an after show. We're gonna put this so up the on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yoni, I'm gonna send these to you Friday morning. We'll post these. I actually learned this from Tamar Genger at Joy of Kosher. Love Tamar. This is also a really nice sauce for like uh, schnitzel dipping sauce. If you want like a sweet schnitzel and sour and thing, apple cider. Uh, and the peach apricot preserves, or you could do it with a plum jam and an apple and an apple cider vinegar. So you want something sweet and, and something a little so yeah. bit sour okay, mixed together. Work on that. and that's what we're doing. Love it. So just so. just one one note um, on finishing off this recipe yeah. is um, for thicker duck breasts for bigger ones. These are about half. Um, half a pound each, so they're kind of medium size. You can finish them in the pan, but anything bigger, just have your oven um, preheated to 350, and after you flip the duck breast, instead of cooking them like I'm doing here on on the cooktop, stick them in the oven to finish and give them five to 10 minutes, and then you can check the temperature with your meat thermometer or stick the probe in there to cook them till about 140, 145. 
Excellent. Excellent. I always wanted it's less to know that can I say one more quick thing? We Absolutely. Speaking, speaking of those ladies you speak to when you call up on the phone, we are looking to hire in our customer service department. What so happened if you to wanna, Naomi? Naomi went back to school. school. Oh, man. I always Study. go, hi, Naomi. It's Naomi. Doing graduate, stu- graduate studies in food at NYU. We're very oh. proud of her. Yeah, yeah right up the great. road Naomi's here great, from but, the uh, network. You know, work from home, talk to the best customers in the world, talk about kosher meat, solve problems. Karen is back full time, though. Okay. We have we have really like really you. extra extra excellent staff in that department. They really work hard. We love them, and we're looking for more. Okay, grow and behold is growing. I I love that. Okay, guys, we're going to finish this up. We're going to video this so everybody can watch it on our Nachum Siegel Network Instagram, um, which I th- so make sure you follow them. Okay, and grow and behold and me and the whole team over here. Um, this was a great show. Uh, make sure you pick up your copy of Health. Uh, giving cookbook um, and you can pick that up on weasofl.org right was that weasofl.org yeah in case just uh, yeah weasofl.org the cooking book I'm holding it up to the screen if you're watching we have uh, Mark Zomik got music with us uh, right up until Lichtbenching Um, also sponsored by our friends at Kedem Wines thank you ZK thank you Yoni thank you Grow and Behold for coming in Shabbat Shalom everyone Shabbat Shalom happy cooking